Welcome to episode 129 of the Book Wars Pod. I am Chris. <laughs> I'm here with, uh, I'm Chris. I'm here with Miranda and Adriana again. Thank you so much for joining us again, Adriana. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> Adriana, as you may remember from uh, last week, if you listened, is our guest host. She's at Celestial Intent on Twitter, and she is the host of the Starships podcast on the Clashing Sabers podcast network, and she is joining us to continue reading A Crash of Fate by Zoraida Cordova, uh, chapter 12 through to the end of the book. Um, obviously... <laughs> and, of course, we have Kristen on the soundboard, <laughs> as always. Um, obviously, we have a lot of angst to talk about, uh, but before we do that, what is everyone drinking today? Miranda? Uh, I am drinking pub beer by our friends over at 10 barrel brewing company um 10 barrel has definitely been consumed on this podcast i don't know about pub beer but it's a, a nice lager from our folks out in bend it tastes like beer it's a, a good high endorsement beer. truly <laughs> It's a good cheap beer. I like it. Yeah, I, I I'm with you. like kind of impulse bought like this case of it on the way home from my folks on Friday because I went to buy wine. I was like, let's see what beer. And I was like trying to pick up a specific beer. Didn't have it there. But I was like, oh, look at this. It's like $15 for 18 beers. Let's go. <laughs> what were Just... you looking for? Sorry. Um, I was looking for Kona beer oh yes but they don't have that at that new seasons on mm-hmm. lombard yeah you gotta go it's, it's kind of a basic bitch beer you gotta you gotta go somewhere yeah i was gonna say they would have that at the grocery store though the regular <laughs> one and not the bougie one mm-hmm. sorry i'm not on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> um adriana what are you drinking if anything um I am drinking the originals, the original Bartles, Bartles, I think that, and James, spelled with a Y. Sure. Um, premium wine cooler, <laughs> uh, cucumber and lime. I love it. I'm, you're you're drinking a wine cooler. It. It's amazing. I've never tried it. This is my first time. You will get to see. Is it in a can? It's in I a can. Yes. Oh, cool. Oh, it's, it's pretty. A, yeah, had- it's. I like the stripes. It uh, it was also sort of an impulse foil. buy because we were um, at Smart and Final and the line was really long. <laughs> and we would just happen to be standing in front of the alcohol case for a good five, ten minutes. <laughs> so. uh, that's how they get you every time. <laughs> what every is time. Smart and Final? Is that like our grocery outlet? Oh, Smart and Final is great. It's like a, it's like I think Ooh. it's just a California thing. Um, but like, what's the? Yeah, I, I mean, it's like, her. it's like a Costco, but you don't need a membership. Yeah, mm. that's a like that's a, a great Winco? way to describe it. Kind of, yeah, yeah kind of like, like a Winco. A Winco. Okay. Um, they sell like they sell stuff in bulk. Like if you're 
you have like a restaurant or anything like that so mm-hmm. they they oh. they have like a lot of bulk stuff um and this is actually really tasty um it tastes just like cucumber and lime i love that That's it's the... literally called a they're bringing wine coolers back my friends <laughs> And don't let people shame you for it. That's amazing. I was hoping it was going to be like like a wine cooler in a glass bottle with like a gold foil. That's what I was hoping for. And then you would have had to like go out on a boat or something later. Sure, are, sure. That's where those are consumed. Oh, Chris, you're not drinking. I'm I am not. I have delicious. no beverages. No beverages no this time. Um, I'm drinking an ecliptic brewing phaser hazy oh, IPA because that's what I had left in the refrigerator. Um, ecliptic brewing, six point five percent alcohol by volume. Um, we love this because they are a whole space themed brewery. I have absolutely had them on the podcast before. As I had has them Miranda. last week. Oh yes, I think that's probably right. Yeah. Um, this one says juicy and unfiltered phaser hazy IPA stuns with a lively array of fruity hop notes um you might like this chris also it's just like a pretty can i like their that is although like they i don't know what they've needed to do but i think (laughs) maybe like they used to have like full can wraps they're doing something very funny right now where they're just like wrap it they're getting like these generic cans and then putting stickers on them and i'm like what is happening um but that's good hopefully it's just because they're busy yeah that's what they, we're they got bigger things to, to worry about know. right now they've ha- they make great fucking beer man they're wonderful okay um i guess you guys can star wars now <laughs> i mean this is we've we've definitely done worse we've we've talked about beer for much longer than this um, it's a trap Including, yes. I think, last week. So, <laughs> um, all right. So let's talk about an extremely minor point of a crash of fate: the first order. <laughs> yeah, we we saw a bit of them uh, last week. Like, I think near the end of that section, it was like the first order are fighting some kids in the streets with rocks, and like that's it. Yeah. We see them like chase people down a couple of times, but for the presence that they have on Batu, it's just not a plot point in this book. Like at all. We see like as much of Salju's Tuga Cat as we do of the first order. Which honestly give us more. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's not a problem, <laughs> certainly. Can someone explain to me? I don't think I necessarily understood, but so that part where Jules is coming out of the cantina and he runs into Nate and Nate is a first order. I so Nate just is like a kid. Yeah. Nate is just like the random kid who like may or may not be like something to do with the force unclear, but like he was being harassed by the first order. Okay. I, I don't know if it, <laughs> what I was thinking when I was reading out, it just, I was confused for a minute. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, Thank so you. the first time I read this book, I really thought that Nate was going to be like a character that we met somewhere else. Because I could not really figure out why he was in this. <laughs> He's going to get his own trilogy later. Right? It's just him hanging out on Batu, getting beaten up by everyone. Nothing happens. <laughs> Chris, this is a stupid question, maybe, but is he in the comics somewhere? No, he is 
as far as I know, he is nowhere. Um, which is, it's, it's like, it's like the one part of this book that I just like don't get why it's there. Cause like, I, like I get he's, I, I mean, I get he's there to like be a foil for, not a foil, but like a, a plot device for Jules to show like how nice Jules is that he like roots, that he like stops for people he's never met. I feel like there's a lot of characters in this book who are just plot devices. But I will say, for once, it's not women who are being fridged, which it's is true. a step up. It's very yes. true. I also appreciated the fact that they were not separated at all at the end of this book. Um I mean, obviously, it's left open for more adventures, but like with Lost Stars, we don't know what happened. We don't know if they were together at the end. And this is like, yes, they're together. They have a plan. Um, yeah, which like I is, really appreciated. Is this the first Star Wars YA book that doesn't end in a way that makes us want to die inside? Well, it's not a Claudia Gray book, so like odds are already super high. <laughs> <laughs> or I feel higher, like at would... least. I feel like it goes against her nature as a romance writer. I know, to right? Leave it, to leave it where they're not together at the end, at least in some hopeful capacity. <laughs> That's such a good point. Oh, I love that. She is, Zoretta is a very different writer, though, than we've seen from other people in Star Wars. And I think, like, kind of one thing that gets at that is that you know we talked even it's we we joked about it but then even in our discussion we talked about the first order for two sentences and then went off on a in a different direction and like mm -hmm. this is obviously a book that takes place in the star wars universe but it's not you know your good versus evil uh space opera it's very much a smaller story uh about you know these two people and the and the other people in their lives and i feel like that is something that we don't see a lot even in the new canon where you know allegedly we can tell all these different stories and like some of them can be big and not all of them have to be big but like i feel like this is one of the smallest that we've seen and i don't say that in a bad way like it's like it's i loved it um but it's just it's interesting to see that this yes. was very much not like about that it's not actually about the the wars the star wars mm -hmm. um <laughs> no i appreciated that too i like that it was focused on the romance like it wasn't really about um like it wasn't really about like yeah they talked a little bit like the resistance is here and it was like for just a quick second like you know they them met some resistance folks but then it's really about Jules and Izzy and their, you know, how they feel about each other. And I, we just don't really get that because every story we get is so heavily, like, heavily, like, based. There's, like, always something about the actual war going on, which, I mean, yes, it is Star Wars, but we know as, like, right now, like, we're living through this pandemic, but there's still things going on that don't have anything to do with that. You know what I mean? So it's mm -hmm. kind of a nice... um just a nice takeaway like that there's still good things going on mm -hmm. yeah and it's it is super refreshing because part of it too like i feel like we've seen some stories where 
maybe the main focus isn't the war or like the overall galactic politics or any of that, but there's still like major Star Wars characters that show up. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, right, Star Wars. And the most that we get here is like Hondo, our favorite not blue boy, <laughs> <laughs> who we never actually see. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there's a conversation uh, late in, in this section that's like, have you ever actually met Hondo? Does he really come here? What's that like? <laughs> um, but it just makes me think of this conversation that I had like three, God, it must have been four years ago now. Um, kind of, it was after The Force Awakens had come out. So it was before, I think Rogue One came out a couple months after this, where I was talking to somebody at work, and he was like, yeah, like the thing with Star Wars is you have this whole universe, right, to play in. You can do like any kind of story that you want. And I think that it it's not something that's really been explored. And, you know, I mean, obviously, like we still tie this a little bit, like, the resistance is there the first order is there but it's just like super refreshing to take you know the story about like bounty hugger hunters (laughs) bounty huggers that's me (laughs) more like kissers in this book okay they (laughs) oh no oh no that's not the place i'm trying to type this um but like it's about bounty hunting smuggling kind of stuff like stuff we usually see in star wars but like even though that's kind of the main like driving plot line that's not what the book is about Mm -hmm. and even the um that's not necessarily but i feel like even like the bounty hunt hunting bounty hunting and smuggling in this um is very low stakes because she even says it herself like um she's talking to is she talking to his sister i don't remember who she's talking but she even says it herself it's not the same like if she were to do like runs for oga you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so it's still like very like small scale nothing like that will get you captured and killed by spice runners or any um spice deal drug spice dealers runners i Mm -hmm. don't yes yes whatever something (laughs) um it's it is super interesting and it's funny because um i i know that like an opinion that some folks have about like what they want to see from the universe is more stories that don't have to do with, you know, even if it's in the same timeline that don't have to do with the star Wars. We know that don't have the force in them. Um, I know like several people uh, like were fans of like, you know, maybe the X-Wing books that, you know, were obviously more focused on non-force sensitive people um, back in the old EU. And that's like something I've heard from people like, God, can we just have like one thing without like lightsabers and the force in it? And they thought that was going to be the Mandalorian, and then that didn't end up being the case, um, as we found out right at the big end of episode one. There's a and, whole ass Yoda in that. Yeah, there is. There is, in fact, one parentheses one Yoda. Um, and uh, and then obviously, like same thing for you know all the Star Wars animated stuff because it's like it's all Filoni, and Filoni loves the Force because that's just that's just who he is. Um, but it's. 
And and Solo is the other thing I'm thinking of where they had Darth Maul at the end. Yeah. And, and I mean, also it's a movie about one of the major characters. Nine, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But it's just, it's it's funny to me because like this is like, in a way it's really interesting proof of concept for how to do this, how to tell a story in Star Wars without it being, you know, Luke Skywalker or Jedi or Force adjacent. Like, which is, you know, obviously really unique, but it's also a great thing to see because we haven't really seen it in the new canon. Right. And, like, I I fully count myself in that camp. Like, I'm the kind of person who just loves world building. And, you know, as far as... Not we, we know, but, like, as far as storytelling can get us, like, the galaxy is infinite basically because there are so many different mm-hmm. planets and systems and beings and all this other shit that we can be like oh, okay this is cool let's tell stories and you know they can and and i i do agree like this is a really good proof of concept i really liked the way that zraya cordova did this because it still felt very star wars right like, it's still that kind of, like, ooh, we're on this planet, there's a mission, oh, God, stuff is happening. <laughs> I don't know, but, like, it's it's good content. And mm-hmm. first of all, yeah. I hope that um, they give her more opportunities because this is good, but that's maybe a wrap-up chat. <laughs> Yeah, I know that Zoraida has, in the the Clone Wars middle grade book that just came out, she has a story where she writes Ventress, um, which I have not read yet, but I'm very excited to. Um, and I also know she has a story in the upcoming um, From a Certain Point of View book um, oh, for yeah. Empire. So hopefully we do we do keep her in the Star Wars, uh, the stable of authors, because she is she's a delight. Yes. Yes. Yes, this was a, it was a fun book. Um and I think, uh, like, like the movies, you know, um, I really enjoyed, like, Solo because it was, like, very low stakes. It was just fun. And this mm-hmm. is very similar to that. It's low stakes, um, just super, like, fun shenanigans. <laughs> um, so definitely a good, a good, quick read. Yeah. Um, I was surprised at how quickly I read this. And low stakes is a really interesting point because obviously nothing in Star Wars that we know is low stakes. It's always it's always something about the fate of the galaxy. Even in, you know, I'm mm-hmm. thinking of other books that we've read and like obviously anything that has the force in it, the fate of the galaxy is in the balance. But like even something fun like, you know, a last shot like DJ Older, which doesn't have too much of the force in it and it's just Han and Lando hijinks ends up being like fate of the galaxy stuff. And I feel like that is, it's nice to have room for that in star Wars that like, it doesn't stress me out reading it. Like, even though like it's, it's star Wars, I know it's all going to be okay. Unless Alexander Freed wrote it. Um, but like, <laughs> or Claudia gray or Claudia again. gray. Yeah. I mean, Claudia Bad gray, everything's going to be okay. Them. I'm just going to hate myself at the end of it. I'm, I'm going to cry a lot probably, but it, yeah. I mean, it's, I don't think it's that different. Like, you're still... Everyone dies that you fall in love with. We're doomed. Nobody died in this book. 
Well, I mean, except for their parents. <laughs> they don't count. They don't it's count. Star Wars. We don't nobody, count yeah. it when parents die. We don't die. count it. <laughs> exactly. No, yeah, I mean, no, nobody died on page. As far as the main characters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even even Lucky made it. I was like very worried for Lucky the first time I read this, the bird. I was like very concerned that they weren't going to make it. <laughs> I forgot that there was a bird because I like read most of this <laughs> section the other day and then finished it earlier today. And then the bird just like shows up again to save the day. And I was like, yes, this bird. Hello there. <laughs> the bird is Alec Guinness. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So let's talk, since it's not about the larger struggle, let's talk about the smaller struggle, which is Jules and Izzy trying very hard not to have sex with each other. It's a, and it's a, uh, and yeah, alternately April. trying very hard to have sex with each other. <laughs> <laughs> this this is a family book. <laughs> Honestly, I love Star Wars PG-13. YA. I love Star Wars YA, and I think um, I want to say E.K. Johnston said this at some point, but like Star Wars YA has far more sex in it than Star Wars like Delroy books. <laughs> yes, because they're not worried about the actual wars, <laughs> so <laughs> they have the time. <laughs> they find the time. Um. Yes. It was a lot sexier than I thought. Uh, Izzy just loves talking about his uh, Jules muscles. <laughs> um, that was, yeah. I just, yeah. like, I giggled every time that happened because, like, again, I've, like, seen, I've uh, been at events where Zoraida is talking about, like, her writing, but also this book. And I'm like, just the romance writer, romance writer popped out again. <laughs> yeah it's there was a scene where they're like in the little pools by the caves before like the old crew shows up and like fucks everything up Mm -hmm. but i as i'm like reading through and like every paragraph i get a little more this is a ya book right like it's not it's not gonna happen but it seems like it's gonna happen i almost wish it did happen we need some (laughs) we need some of that in star wars what kind of like coded language is Ryder Cordova gonna use to be like, yeah, they fucked? <laughs> Hashtag release the smutty cut. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, but it's it's. Look at the size of that thing. Oh my god. <laughs> She's talking about the muscles, folks. It's the yeah. muscles. Yeah. So I know what even Anna Anatola makes a comment about his because he's all naked. Yeah, <laughs> even Anatola. <laughs> isn't she like 30? Like, I feel like she's like significantly older than him, too. I, she's just like I don't, ogling him. I don't think he's got that, muscles. I didn't get that vibe because I feel like Damar kind of had like a thing for her, but I don't. But it's an older maybe I don't know. I don't I know. I kind of I kinda of put her like vaguely in her twenties, probably. Mm-hmm. I would say older, older, like late twenties. Yeah. yeah. Like I think Izzy's what, 18? eighteen? Eighteen. Damar's probably like nineteen or twenty. Jules is sure. nineteen. I can't imagine that Anna's like too much older. But who's to say? 
I don't know. I'm I'm a lesbian. We love older women. Like, <laughs> have you seen Kate Blanchett? <laughs> I mean, Kate Blanchett also is immortal and a goddess. So yes. that's like that's she that's is... more the force part, not the not the day to day interaction part. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I f- I feel like I. I, I don't know. I didn't get that vibe that she was too much older than them. Um, but who knows? Maybe she is because her crew had a lot of like. Um, well, not Oxen, Oxan, Oxon, not him, but like the other the, the other crew had like a very like they were very loyal to her doing exactly um, what she asked them to without any details, which I think was made very she made a point to point that out. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it, it was interesting, and we'll talk a little bit more about Anna Atola and her crew. Um, but, like, they are not a crew like we've seen in Star Wars in the past. Like, it's very much no. just, like, Anatola and friends. Mm-hmm. Or Anatola yeah, and associates. Like usually... <laughs> usually it's like oh like we're this crew we've been through some shit and it's like you just found the, these people off the street you're gonna give them money to do things which I, I also feel like is way more realistic and there's like a heavy emphasis generally in Star Wars on like that tight knit crew of like you know it's the the island of misfit toys in space on a space island and this is just like we're here for the money Maybe for the yeah. killing people. Yeah, and it's yeah, and and we sorry. Go ahead, Adriana. I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh no, I was gonna kind of to make to make up like to further that, you know they they kind of find Delta, and Delta is like, yeah, I need the money, and it's very much like not a like a greed thing. It's she like one of those things where she needs it for her family which mm-hmm. i feel like is a lot more relatable and and definitely more definitely realistic <laughs> mm-hmm. it's it's transactional yeah it's like you can provide a service i can provide money for that service if you don't yeah. want to die you should listen to me yeah there's a lot less like quote-unquote evil in this book like you have you have anna who is like pretty awful and like doesn't seem to care as much about the outcome as much as the joy she takes in doing bad things but like even her crew there and this is a point that i knew you wanted to make miranda like they're very much like we're here to like get past this and use our reward we're not really here to to die like that's not that's not what we signed up for this is not about the journey it is about the destination mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah agreed oh. Miranda just made a like a face like she either wanted to say something <laughs> I, or I had was a very bad rem- sip of beer <laughs> no it was a good sip of beer I promise I was just trying to remember how we were relating that to the um this is about a love story 
were we at that part? We've talked we, a lot we skipped, since that. We skipped, we skipped around a little bit. Since we, <laughs> since we talked about Anna, I went to the point. I was going to give you space to bring up your point without giving you oh. shit about how oh, none shit. of us knew what it was. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I can do that. So, um, you know, we've all obviously... I just want to say that I am not the one who skipped around in the No, that was, that was me. I'll, I'll own that. I'll okay? own that. Because I get so much shit for not knowing where we are in the outline and skipping around. And this... I don't even talk on this podcast. <laughs> Listen. You, you see me like scooting closer just trying to figure out where. <laughs> it's like, like, wait, it's okay. We can read. Me. Me. I just go where the flow of the conversation takes us. Everyone else. That was not where we were going with this. It's like, I'm sorry. I'm a Capricorn. I don't understand. We're not going down the list. Um. <laughs> yeah. But so we we've been talking about Anna. She's obviously like shitty and i think damar too because he is the only one who isn't like destination give me the fucking money like i just want to live and do whatever the fuck i want after this like he he's probably a little gay for her um (laughs) that's not what it's called when they're straight miranda shut up (laughs) it's homophobic um (laughs) And, like, everyone who isn't Damar just kind of hates her. Like, it was super easy for Izzy to be, like, she doesn't, this is a bad idea when Delta's, like, taking her on the speeder or whatever to meet her death. And it's like, oh, you know what? You're right. I don't want to cross Oga because she's really in charge here. And, like, I was expecting there to be this whole thing, you know, like, her really explaining it. And it was like, oh, no, I don't know this girl from off planet. I do know how to survive. And, like, I think that really comes out, you know, the the fact that there is no real connection. Like, we see (laughs) Oxen, who has a name, which is Oxen. Not Uncar plot. <laughs> it was the Uncar plot. It was close to Uncar plot. It started with a vowel. I'll give you that. <laughs> and there was a K in it and an N. <laughs> it, it, alphabet it soup over take, here. It did take me a minute or two to remember what I was talking about when I originally wrote it in the outline, but it's fine. But like, you know, you see it in the climax of the fucking book. You know, like, everyone's there. She's got the detonator in her hand, like, ready to blow up this whole fucking farm. Like, ready to go out in a blaze of glory, go down with her ship. And Oxen's like, bitch, no. I want to live. And like, just, like, ruins her whole thing and, like, saves the day. Also, I don't think, uh, along those veins, like, she's, like, as as badass as she you know, um, thinks herself to be because um, Izzy was like, oh, it's Anatola and she's a big deal. And like on Batu, on this outer rim, like little teeny, there's three places to go. <laughs> um, Batu, there, she's not even like a blip. She's like super insignificant. And um, I don't know where I was going with that, but I just thought I'd point it out. <laughs> Yeah, it, it oh, this is a, a good point. So, 
like in the beginning of the book the guy the rodian is he a rodian he is a rodian the one yeah nice. the, the guy who sends izzy to like deliver this package to doc he's like you're nobody and like she really wants to be somebody and like in the end she does become someone because everyone on that too is like yes thank you for saving our grain Eat that wheat. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> um, but you know, Anatola is like Anatola. Okay, she stop she whispering up. into the microphone <laughs> Sorry, to try I, to make a point. <laughs> I'm like processing thoughts in real time. This is a fascinating um, process. <laughs> But, like, she can't, you know, presumably she's got some kind of record. Like, people are actively hiring her <clears throat> for jobs out in the galaxy. And, like, she thinks she's somebody. And then she rolls up to Batu and they're like, no. No, bitch. No. Interesting. They see Yeah, and I feel like. A point. I feel like the smaller stakes of this story give it more room for like kind of like a Hallmark movie style moral in this one. And again, like that's Hallmark movie has negative connotations. I don't mean it in a negative way. Uh, like this book was really fun, but like the, it is like the exact plot of a Hallmark movie. Yeah. Like it's like very, it's very much like you're not a no one. Everyone loves you. Like, and then like Anatola ends up like cold and alone and in prison. Like it's, it is very much, like, that small story lets you see the lesson in it, like, right in front of you. Mm-hmm. Another no happy sub- landing. No subtext there. Just pure text. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I mean, if we're going to go off the Hallmark thing, it's also, like, there. it's, and, again, like, love a good Hallmark Christmas movie. They need to be gayer, but it's fine. Um, there, there's something very comforting about like the, you know, high powered woman returns to her hometown. She's a smuggler out in the galaxy and she goes home and like meets the farm boy from her youth and they fall in love. And the mean city boy, the Patrick Dempsey in Sweet Home Alabama guy, like (laughs) is a fucking dick. Go for the hometown guy. That, that, where, when are they just gonna kiss already? Spoiler, they do. They yeah. do. A lot. And it's like. In a pool of water. Right. Very sexy. In their underwear. <laughs> Underwater, too. Like, shit. <laughs> that is, that was like, I was like, don't, like, drown. This is, that's not, it's not sexy. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, it's, it is funny because we, you know, we keep saying Hallmark Christmas movie and like, that's like. Again, it, that has, like, somewhat of a negative storytelling connotation to it, I feel like. But also, like, there's a reason that more of those movies get made every year. I love I love Hallmark Christmas movies. They're I have so a com- favorite. They're so comforting. I have a favorite, and I have purchased it, so please don't judge. They are great. No, they're, th- like, they're exactly, Miranda, exactly what you said. They're They're comforting, and this is, like... We haven't really had a comfort book in Star Wars ever. Yeah. 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 Nothing about goes, Star Wars is comforting. I think it goes back to being like low stakes. So you're able to like not 
be filled with dread. Like, what is going to happen in this book that is absolutely going to, like, cut my heart out and stab into it a million times? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I feel like all of that's kind of intensified, too, because, like, if we're going to keep comparing things to, like, rom-coms, um, which, functionally, this isn't not one. Um, yeah. but like she's gesturing this is an audio medium <laughs> I would I would also say um, it's kind of like uh, along the veins of like where um, one of them is a, like a spy and gets thrown into their shenanigans and they fall in love along the way kind of more along that just because there's a little bit more action mm-hmm. yeah and I, I've talked about this when we've discussed um, other books Particularly, you know, uh, YA books. These are literal teens. And so, like, all of that kind of, like, I haven't seen you in 13 years and I love you is, like, so intensified. And that adds, like, a whole other layer to the story. And it's, again, I don't want to say refreshing again, but it is refreshing. It's like, this actually kind of has a happy ending. Nobody's dying. I just want to say that I feel like it is refreshing also that we get not like she gets she feels conflicted like she says it's herself. Is it because um, is it because like I haven't seen him in 13 years that I feel this way like and so you get to go into uh, you get to go into her her thoughts a little bit more. So it's not immediately and I love you. It's like oh he's hot oh what is this that i'm feeling is it because we knew each other is it because i i'm projecting onto him these feelings like what is it and so it's not for her it's not clear cut all the way so i think it's a little bit like it's just a little bit um easier to to digest that like because we're like you're a teenager you don't know anything mm-hmm. um so the fact that she like questions that in her mind it's like okay you're 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 using your brain thank you mm-hmm. um at yeah. least acknowledge that this point that it could be this before you jump headfirst into i love you <laughs> <laughs> and i i think that's a strength too um that i'm sure we'll talk about in the rap it it really um, kind of shows us, like, why having both of their points of view um, expressed, presented, whatever the word I'm looking for is in this book, um, really enhances it. Because, like, if it were only from, you know, Jewel's point of view, like, we don't know what she's thinking. You know, it's like, oh, she must not love me. She's going away. Or like, she loves me. I have muscles. Um. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And another thing that I love about like it being a YA book is that like, that's part of why it's small. It because like when you are a teenager, you know, like it feels like the end of the world when you have a crush and you don't know if they like you back. And like, we don't really see teenagers get to be teenagers in Star Wars. Like, every teenager in Star Wars is, like, somehow connected to a grand galactic adventure. Like, Luke, obviously, 
never gets to go to Tashi Station to pick up his power converters. <laughs> like, but I was going into Tashi Station to pick up some power converters. Specifically, Leia stops is... talking for that, Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, you go with Leia, and Leia kind of gets. Um, she's in it from from a very young age. How old is she in that? Um, in the book. She is um where... in Princess of Alderaan. She is sixteen. I think. Yeah. Yeah, so she's 15, and she's already... It's not like, over yet. ...in the throes of it. Like, there's no... There's no really opportunity for her to be a teen. And yeah. then... Padme is a queen at 14. She sure yeah. is. She's like a preteen politician already. <laughs> um, but it's But it's nice because, like, we don't... Again, we don't get to see teens be teenagers. We don't get to see children be children in Star Wars because, and again, part of this is because they're movies for children. And if you're a child, you want to see yourself as the hero and the hero goes out and saves the galaxy. But it's just, it's a different, and it's, again, just refreshing is the the word of the day, apparently. But, like, it's nice. It's nice to have something that is feels more like it's you know human and in our galaxy like sometimes Mm -hmm. teens just fuck up and like want to be friends and maybe touch mouths like it's you know it's fine (laughs) who says no i mean but like even with that and like the fact that we do see teens being teens um you know there there still very much is like i don't want to say an adult aspect because that sounds like smart cut um mm-hmm. <laughs> no disintegration but like there there is some kind of heavy stuff like at the end and i feel like anna probably doesn't know the history of like what's been happening on batu the last 20 years mm-hmm. but she basically like is tells jules hey you're gonna burn this fucking farm down for me and i was like great you know what that is it is fucking trauma like it, we cover it several times in this book. It's terrible. You're making him relive it for the purposes of your evil. He's just trying to have a good time and touch mouths with this girl he had a crush on when he was a kid. <laughs> but like, it, it's stuff like that, and it's like we we see things like how how do these teens like respond to like these defining you know life events like. They've both lost people. Uh, again, Star Wars, parents not allowed. Um, like, he, he's lost so many people, and he's just, like, this big-hearted, warm guy. And Izzy, like, kind of pushes people away. And, like, you know, these, these are real responses to um, to trauma, to loss, to life being life this was not my point i'm just kind of talking until someone else starts <laughs> oh yeah okay so okay um kind of how like you mentioned how they both lose but then it's like it's very clear how like different they are like she spends a whole year with uh, izzy spends a whole year with damar and she she's not really like he he leaves and she's not 
at, like she's more upset about the fact that it was her birthday um than anything else mm-hmm. um and she even says it herself like she doesn't even know if she really loved him um or if she was just lonely and then you have Jules on the other hand who oh um was it tap that he feels like he feels protective mm-hmm. of tap because yeah. tap is the like his father died to 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 save tap is that did i read that correctly yes. yeah so so here she is kind of like i'm i'm here because i don't want to be alone but i don't really care about this guy and he's just kind of like a a means to not be lonely and then on the other hand you have like Jules who's like he like you said I think you said before like he'll stop and just say try to be nice to whoever he sees and you know he takes he cares about everyone um in Batu and like he doesn't shy away from from showing how he cares <laughs> mm-hmm. and I mean I think it's a testament to the writing of that and like how that's really described and shown in this book like that is some very star wars shit like when you were talking about izzy like how she deals with that i'm thinking about han solo right yep like he he's seen his shit he's just like pushing it all away like no i'm gonna be doing this and i mean there also is like the you know what role are they serving in the galaxy portion to that but it's very much like I have feelings. I don't want to acknowledge them because that's how people get hurt. And, like, this has happened to me before. And then, like, you know, like you said, like, Jules is the opposite. And I'm trying to think of a good um, character to relate that to. Coming up a little short, but, like, we, we definitely see that, right? I've I've got yeah. one. Okay. Luke. Luke is, like, Jules is very Luke-like in his interactions with other people. Yasha loves power converters. Both of them big, (laughs) big power converter fans. Um, But no, it is, and you're, I completely agree with everything you said about Izzy being very Han-like. It's, like, we see these, like, similar circumstances and different decisions that they make, and we see this kind of, like, opposites attract relationship that they have and like obviously in canon versus in headcanon the lucan relationship might not come out the same way but like it's <laughs> good indeed uh but it's like it's great to see that dynamic where like you have people who are friends and they think they're idiots and people who are in love and still think they're idiots and like confronting each other about how both of them are wrong about how they view the world and it's like it's just it's this great kind of uh it's like star wars in a nutshell of like this relationship and you even see it like directly with um you know jules thinking that izzy leaves at the end right Mm -hmm. um you know obviously star wars the movie a new hope Han fucks off like he get, he gets his but then he shows up at the end to like save the day so that Luke can destroy the death star and here like after all this build up you know Izzy and Jules have just been pining for each other this whole 
I almost said movie. It is a book. <laughs> um, but, like, you know, he sees, like, a, a couple of ships in the sky, and he's like, oh, shit, that one's hers. But then she rolls into the the cantina like, I let Salju take it for a spin. I'm still here. It's, like, very much the... It's not performative going away. It's, like... It's not it being interpreted as it, but it's like, oh, you thought I left, but actually I do have a heart somewhere. I, again, going back to the Hallmark tropes, like that's a common, I was going to, I was going to say that's like fairly common in the Hallmark tropes. And um, again, talking about um, like, it's interesting how you said like Izzy's the Han, uh, because that is also something that i that you see in like hallmark tropes like where where the girl is like the like you know and the the one that comes to mind is pride and prejudice and mistletoe maybe but anyways the dark like they they like gender reversal where the girl is darcy and the guy Mm -hmm. is luke so kind of so that too plays into it and i just thought i'd point that out because i thought it was really funny when you were talking about it just very big surprise bitch bet you thought you'd seen the last of me vibes <laughs> in that scene. It works. Everyone's happy. Hey, it they does. get to celebrate. Um, all right, so let's leave it there. We have one more episode coming up on A Crash of Fate by Zoraida Cordova. Uh, that'll be coming next week. In addition, next week we're going to be wrapping up uh resistance reborn by rebecca roanhorse we're very excited about that one as well and we will announce our special guest host on twitter in the next couple days i think um in the meantime hit us up on twitter instagram at bookworse pod uh, and then email us bookworsepod at gmail.com and rate review and subscribe to us and the tashi station uh radio mega feed is the best way for people to discover the show uh, we're still asking people, and for the foreseeable future, asking people not to donate to the Patreon or give us coffee. Please continue to give to racial justice organizations that are near and dear to your heart. Um, we were going to pick a raffle winner today, and then had depression. So that'll happen next week. Uh, thank you for thank you for uh, your patience there. Um, but it's going to be great. You're so excited for the prize pack. It's going to be awesome. Um, our theme song is Whiz Bang by Poddington Bear. Our logo and artwork are by Joe Butera Design. And our audio and production are by Kristen Cerisi. And again, our guest host Hello. is Adriana at Celestial Intent. Thank you so much for joining us again, Adriana. We love having you. This is the best. And Adriana will also be back for the wrap-up next week as well. So for hey, Chris, all of us... Tell the, tell, tell the people where they could find her. At Celestial Intent, and also she is the host of the Starships podcast on the Clashing Sabers podcast network. Uh, so for all of us, uh, Kate, Miranda, Kristen, Adriana, I'm Chris. Thank you for listening to the Book Wars Pod, and we'll talk to you next week. <laughs> Yay! Oh, that was great.